Welcome to the Big Self Podcast Weekend Edition. We've all been trying to flatten the curve. We've also been on a learning curve. Shelly, I know we've been doing a little bit of learning each and every day. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, good. Good. Well, it's good to be here with you. I know that, you know, you and I have been talking about a couple of things that have been on our mind this this week as we've been developing some uh, curriculum, some materials. I've been learning a lot about calm, surprising, surprising stuff there. It's a it's surprisingly interesting topic. It's not as passive as I thought it was thinking about calm. You've been thinking about adaptability. Yeah, I um, I woke up this morning a bit anxious thinking that we forgot to do the drive by for Lennon's fifth grade graduation. Yeah. And then immediately felt sad. I was like, oh, she's moving to middle school. Like, um, this is this is a passage of time that we're not getting to mark, you know, with the rituals and traditions that you typically do. And so then I thought about all my friends with seniors this year and just was like, oh, I would be heartbroken Yeah, um, to have worked so hard and not have these moments that uh, you believe you should have. And so this whole idea of adaptability is is really resonating with me this week thinking about where where you know the happiest people i know are really good at adapting and it may not be quick adaptation but they get there and they work they they know the the steps and they do the work to adapt to change that's coming at them um and i've you know my one of my mantras is life is a comma yeah. And that idea that life is constantly throwing things at us that isn't meant to be a period. It's meant to be a moment in time where we get the choice to adapt or not. And so the pause is this uh, mark or marked time where we get to make some different decisions. And so I've been I've been doing a lot of thinking and reading and and looking at the psychology of adaptability and like how do how do some people get there and others don't. And I think it it comes back to a lot of um, expectations and reality, and this this idea that we have expectations about what should be, or uh, we have rigid ideas in our minds about how life is supposed to work, how we're supposed to work in the world, and when life throws different things at us we have a hard time adjusting those expectations. And, and so, so much of mental health is, is closing the gap between what we expect should be and what actually is oh, yeah. and looking at reality. And so I think we're all getting a real big lesson in that right now. I feel like we should have the opportunity to celebrate Lennon going to middle school and parents feel like they should have an opportunity to celebrate their seniors, or we should be able to go back to work or open up our economy. And we're, we're in this like in between kind of ambiguous space right now between what our expectations are and what reality is. Well, okay. I'm glad that you bring that up because um, it, this, it doesn't directly pertain to calm and adaptability, I guess, but um, it's this concept of expectations. And <clears throat> some people say that, you know, um, well, 
basically you should don't not 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 making the straw man argument about be, being a fatalist but that you should be pessimistic you should have low expectations and then you won't you know sort of basically be disappointed and it's the people that have overly optimistic overly ambitious kinds of goals are the ones that really have a difficult time adjusting to expectations, uh, adjusting to the reality of life. Right. They basically just don't have perhaps a an accurate view or sense of what reality really is like. I think about it, you know, in our Western culture, especially in this country, we have a very kind of can-do attitude. Like yeah. I, I can do anything. I can change the world. It's just this kind of hyper like inflated sense of what we should do. And we, we mistake permissibility for possibility. Oh, so things good. that, that are permissible, like permissible, like we, we could do it, but that doesn't mean we should. And so I love this idea that, you know, there's a healthy dose of pessimism that actually bears out in the data that that is a, a, a marker of good mental health. And it's a, it's a, it's a reality testing is what we call it. I'm surprised and, to hear you say that. Yeah. Well, it's hard for me to say because I am extremely optimistic and positive and take on a whole bunch of stuff, probably way more than I should. Right. You um, did your doctorate in positive psychology after all. Yeah. And, but it, it, when we hold on to those ideals really tightly and then life is coming at us, yeah. you know, and it's the way that it does. And we can't allow ourselves the flexibility of holding those things so tightly. That's where we get into trouble. And so I think that's where this healthy dose of reality testing uh, or pessimism, people might call it, can really be helpful. Uh, and we don't like to talk about that in this country or certainly, yeah, in positive psychology as much. But I do think there's uh, there's some interesting research around that that would be helpful. And so I would ask our listeners, you know, write down the thing, the expectations that you have right now around COVID-19 and really look of whether life is, is allowing those expectations to play out in your life right now, or maybe you need to adjust them. Maybe there's, there's a, there's a, a, a way here to be a little bit more um, flexible with, with those expectations and maybe even lower them a little bit. Okay, let's back it up a tiny bit. We talk about how, um, you know, we want to change the world in our kind of our culture. And but like the beginning of wisdom is to know, you, you know, rather than try to change the world, why don't you begin by trying to change yourself? Right. And, uh, and that's sort of the, the beginning. So, and I think that the beginning of self knowledge, or there's a lot of ways maybe to get to it, but certainly you're not going to get to it if you don't have a sense of calm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, so I think that that journey it's towards self-knowledge, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. I have mistaken calm for passivity and many others, they, they, they also, they think it's merely about like proper breathing diaphragmatically. It's not right. Calm is active. Calm is action. Uh, I, th I think of it, it's there, you have to be disciplined as you're taking in the reality that is coming at us. The good news is calm can be taught. Mm -hmm. 
So like when you like lead a calm workshop, uh, what are some of the things that you have people like engage with? What, what would be a specific task to do to try to develop the skill of calm? Yeah. So Joseph Campbell says, uh, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Whoa. And so the very first thing I have people do is write down a list of all their fears. You know, we just, we just brain dump. We just write it all, you know, things that they're conscious of. Of course, there's a lot of unconscious fears that we have, but you can't, you know, you can't slay the dragon, so to speak, until you know what it is, until you've actually identified it and looked at it, um, tried to ask the fear, you know, what it wants for you. Um, so that's the first process is really getting people just to confront the, to pull them up into their awareness, excuse me. And that alone can be really powerful for people to articulate like, Oh, I didn't even know that that was there. Like this kind of, um, subliminal fear that just sits at the surface. Um, you know, a lot of people right now I think are that's happening. And so it's, it's manifesting as grief and it's manifesting as, uh, maybe irritation, but, but underneath that, there's these kind of subliminal fears uh, that if you just get aware of, then you can finally look at them and and try to understand where that where it's coming from. And then the whole yeah, the workshop is really you know working with those fears. Uh, how do you keep perspective when those fears want to kind of pull you under? Uh, there's a lot of you know methods that we use that I teach people to to really just kind of loosen the death grip on uh, that, that that fear has for them so that they can move forward in a little bit more of a realistic way. Well, calm is also like I thought about it's, it's a contrast with anger, but it's not directly the opposite of anger, right? Because anger is just one of many emotions that that can like make you rise or fall with the waves that are coming. Um, but calm is this overarching umbrella that helps you with a myriad of, of right. emotions. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the kind of um, inflamed emotion is, whether yeah. it's fear or anger. Um, I see a lot of outrage right now, which is certainly in the anger camp. Um, yes. yeah, you, the, the, the tools are the same. The technique is the same, which is you have to get, you have to understand it and you have to name it to tame it. And so you can't do this process of getting to calm until you really understand what are the roadblocks in your way. And for many of us, it's fear for many of us, it's anger. Uh, and it can be other kind of, um, uncomfortable emotions as well. So calm is, um, I think, a profound idea right now in this time because it is a way of sort of with our a philosophical approach to life that whatever happens to us, what, whatever those waves are, we are going to keep a steady course toward the goals, dreams, ambitions, hopes uh, that, that we have. We're going to hold to them no matter what life is going to throw at us and life is going to throw some hard things at us. Every life endures them. Yes. Life is a comma. It's <laughs> going to throw stuff at you. That's going to make you pause and make you look and figure out how to move past it. And, and the only way out is through. And that begins by having a calm outlook uh, on the inevitable hardships, setbacks, and failures that we are going to endure. 
Those are some of the things that we're learning this week uh, on the learning curve. Let us know what you're learning about as well and how we can keep on getting better each and every time. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll see you all here next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Self Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, join the community on Facebook at the Big Self Society. You can find us at big underscore self on Twitter. And we are also at the Big Self Society on Medium, where we feature and curate content on topics ranging from psychology to creativity and productivity. We'd love to hear from you. What show made an impact on your thinking, your habits, your decision making, or anything else? And anyone you'd like us to reach out to and have on the show, let us know.